My name is Christina, and thank you for checking in to the Home for Wayward OCs. This is a podcast where a friend and I talk about our original characters, the good, the bad, and the self-inserts. And today, our guest is, once again, my friend Jackie. How are you doing today? I'm good, and you can't get rid of me. Here I am. I think this is technically your second and a half appearance on Wayward. <laughs> yes, it'll be 2.5. Well, yes. 2.7 if you count, like, the end thing that we did last time. Oh, no, see, I, I was counting that as the half. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay, there we go. I, I was counting your presence as the peanut gallery and also the <laughs> and also the um, the the third actor in the live reading from Susie's episode as the half. Yes, I was the live studio audience. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're back. Oh, hey, and also... May the force be with you. May the force be with you. It's not yeah. the force, but this is this is technically coming out the week after Star Wars Day, but that's okay because apparently Disney's trying to monetize Star Wars Day even more than they already do. So I was like, but it's enough of a reason for me to ask you to be on the show with your Star Wars OC. With my Star Wars baby. Yes. So, um I guess first thing is which system since there's multiple like since there's multiple star wars role-playing systems with various kinds of rules which system did you use when you were making your character whose name is vex we didn't say what the character's name is her name is vex (laughs) yes her name is vex nova leap nice and um the the system that we use was edge of the empire i think for most of it we we kind of like steal other stuff from other things that we like not like the rules but the items and stuff but yeah we we Mm -hmm. used edge of the uh, empire okay so i personally have some experience in playing edge of the empire but would you be willing to kind of like explain how it works to people who have never played it before yes um it is a completely different system than to most people's um easily come and go D &D. Because it's Mm -hmm. completely different character sheet, completely different dice. There's not a lot of number crunching. It's more along story elements. So you have you have Mm -hmm. dice. You have I think like four. I wish I had them in front of me, but you have like four or five different kinds of dice, and none of them have numbers on them. They're all symbols. And instead of like saying, "Oh, I rolled a ten for this," it's you roll your good dice and then you roll your bad dice, and you kind of like. I guess there is kind of math because you take your good dice and you subtract whatever the bad is from it and then you get your roll that way. But there's no just like... like... It's like you have to like... Say you roll, I don't know, like one triumph and three advantages, but then you roll like a flaw or a failure or something and that has to be deducted from something else. Yes, it can be a little complicated in the beginning, but I honestly really enjoy the system. I think it's... It's very easy to pick up, but it does seem kind of daunting in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, If you are interested in playing Edge of the Empire, use an online dice roller. Save yourself money. (laughs) Yes, you do not want to. If you can, do not buy the dice because whenever you get some, there's never enough for what you actually need. So just go and get the online. Mm -hmm. As a person who's put way too much money into the six dice sets that we have, uh, no, don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's easier online. <laughs> yeah, really. Everything's easier when you can make a program that will do it for you. Yes, absolutely. If you can get a computer to do math, that's all you need in your life. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> so um, was there anything else that we need to discuss about the system before we actually, like, get, uh, before we talk about Vex as a character? Um... The only other thing that I could think of is, like, if whenever it comes to, like, making a character, there's not, like, the set skills. I don't have a sheet in front of me, but, like, there's a certain amount of skills, kind of like your strength and your constitution whenever it comes to D&D, but for Mm -hmm. other things. And then you mostly focus on, like, the little stuff that goes along with that. So I think you have your intelligence, and then there's, like... 12 little minor things that you use mm-hmm. with that intelligence role. So it's yeah. it's a lot different than D&D, but it's mm-hmm. it's nothing too hard. Yeah, there's I feel like there's almost 
like part of it is that also you, you get to do kind of like a point by system thing to like pick different skills and like abilities that your character can have but also then like Jackie said there's probably like there's all there's so many just like little things that you can there's so many little like applications of the heavy air quote here stats that are used mm-hmm. like that a lot. it's yeah it's like hey your character is skilled in piloting but not in astrogation or navigation or mechanics but they are skilled in melee combat and large range artillery or something like that yeah it's, like the, the thing that i would use to like describe it is just like those would it's kind of like whenever you check off your saving throws or things that you have like a multiplier in in D. But there's mm-hmm. just a lot of them because while there's some on the sheet of your character, there's also like extra ones. Like let's say you pick up a perk, which is like you're um, you're like a smuggler or something. You have like a whole separate thing that you can use your experience for to buy points in there. So you mm-hmm. have so many points, but you have a million places you can put them. Yeah. So it it's kind of like a, it can be a little bit uh, a little bit paralyzing when you're making a character. So. Yeah. If you're playing, get some like have someone be leading your game who has experience in it. Yes. You can always ask me for help. <laughs> <laughs> but like I think the good thing about like those sheets is that um like whenever it comes to like things like D&D cuz I'll always come back to D&D, mm-hmm. it, it almost seems like everything stops once you hit level 20 whereas with Star Wars, since there's, like, so many things that you can put into your character, it's, Mm -hmm. like, there's not really that same stopping point. Like, yeah, it'll be easier for you to do certain things whenever you filled out your little, like, checkmark thing, but it can go for way longer than I feel like D&D can sometimes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's no built-in, like, ceilings when it comes to Edge of Empire. No, they really just want you to keep playing until you've bought all their books and played all their adventures, really. <laughs> and they just still keep make, making more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's Star Wars for you. That's Star Wars, baby. <laughs> so, all of that aside, I think it's high time we talked about your character. <laughs> yes. And uh, just as a little note to the people... Uh, before they come at me on Twitter or anything. I don't know anything about Star Wars, as in, like, the movies and stuff. I only know things about the RPG. So anything that I say about Star Wars canon is not confirmed. And if you come at me, I will just ignore you. So so, so you've, nev- you've never seen or read or played a Star Wars? Uh, no. I have not watched a single movie I have not played a single Star Wars game. I have not read any of their books. The only thing I know is their gaming system. I cannot tell you the amount of just, like, respect and awe that I have for you right now. (laughs) I think the universe is cool, but I think the lore behind it is stupid. Yeah, that's probably fair. So I kind of, like, make up my own things. Well, not make up my own things. I just use what they have there for me for the things that I want to do. I I think that's something that probably a lot of people could stand to remember about Star Wars is that when when the opening crawl of the first movie is a long time ago in a galaxy far far away you have the whole galaxy at your disposal it's not just you know whatever the main character is doing at the moment Yes, there's so many timelines, God knows. I've learned a little bit about Star Wars through playing mostly just like the different races because they would just be like, oh, we have this race. And I'm like, what do they look like? And then they would have to like Google a picture and I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I still don't know anything about the series. I know the characters. And I know yeah. that Anakin hates sand for some reason. Yes. It's coarse and it gets everywhere. Oh, uh, okay. Well, you know, coming from Florida. Yeah, that's true. yeah so there's your disclaimer (laughs) Hmm? so there's your disclaimer (laughs) yeah so hey let's talk about something that you do know about let's talk about vex yes ma'am would would you like to 
where would you like to start? Would you like to start with how you came up with her as a character or like what purpose she was made for? Um, I can kind of start with her character and just like go over her real quick. Vex yeah. is like a kind of, I think she's like almost 30. Um, she's a pink Tegruda. I have like lots of art of her because I love her so much. Um, mm-hmm. she is a assassin bounty hunter and, um, what else? What else? It's been so long since I've played her. Um, yeah, she's just kind of like one of those people who goes out into the galaxy and doesn't really care about others because she has mm-hmm. a I guess not a tragic past but she has a very like annoying past where she's just like oh, oh my god just let me live my life <laughs> she has a past that will not let her go yes she's like please I just want to get over this and then the past is like no way haha yeah Um, but I kind of yeah I just kind of made her because again whenever I started playing I had no idea about anything Star Wars like so it was kind of just mm-hmm. like it was as most characters are a little bit of me putting myself in Star Wars of someone who does not care oh yeah rather, oh yeah and would rather do their own stuff rather than focus on you know other things mm-hmm. so it was kind of just like a character that I could play freely and if I didn't know something it wouldn't be that big of a deal yeah that that is very that's honestly something that I don't think I've ever necessarily taken into account or even considered when making a character. So that's really interesting to hear. Yeah, because most of the time whenever you play stuff, you know something about what you're supposed to be playing. But, you know. Yeah. YOLO. <laughs> yeah. Oh, very important question here. Have you seen Seagulls Stop It Now? Yes. I have. Okay, good. Okay, <laughs> cool. I don't have to worry about pausing the recording so that you can go watch it. Yes, I think one of my friends showed me that. I don't know if it was as soon as it came out, but he was very excited. As soon as he came over to my friend's house, he's like, we have to watch this. And I have to say, it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. 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 And I'll probably a- listen to it after, if I remember. It's a blessing. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you, like, an hour after we get off the call. <laughs> just set a timer just like boop. Mm-hmm. i'm not saying i'm gonna pull a mac and text it to you at like 2 a.m <laughs> but i'll probably text it to you at some point tonight yeah so just like you'll suddenly remember and you'll just like jump out of bed and be like i have to send her this mm-hmm. okay so um what actually uh would you would you rather next talk about uh like vex's kind of backstory Or would you rather, like, kind of get into the people that she was in the campaign with? Um, I think I can do her backstory a little little bit quick. Because it is kind of a lot, but I feel like it's something that I can just, like, very quickly just get over and done with. Yeah, it's it's something that you've spent so much time in that at this point you know it pretty well. (laughs) Yeah, and it's just, like, um... Not to sound, not to have, like, a main character complex, but, like, one of the the games that we played, like, to include our other friends who weren't playing before, kind of goes Mm -hmm. more into Vex's backstory. So, like I said, main character complex. Uh, Yeah. But um, if we just really quickly start at the beginning, um, through Mm -hmm. one of the other Star Wars games that I was playing, um, I kind of wiggled, uh, I wiggled her backstory to be around then, just because I like to put other characters in other campaigns yeah so i kind of put her as like she was one of the um one of our bad guys in that campaign she was the daughter of that bad guy but he kind of just like dumped her off onto his his mother so she was raised Mm by a woman that we called the pink phantom Ooh, who was an older lady but she was also kind of like a sniper which is what vex is she has two sniper rifles nice And, um, so I kind of wiggled her in there and then as she grew up, she was kind of, after her grandmother passed because she was old whenever she was raising her, um, Mm -hmm. she was kind of picked up by these, I think it was Pantoran. I think that's the right species. Sure. I believe you. (laughs) It sounds like a Star Wars word. Yeah. Um, she was picked up by this family of Pantorans and then kind of grew to be in a... Um, kind of like a mercenary field with her mm-hmm. brother. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which is when my other friends joined the game, kind of like going into her past. Yeah. And then some force BS happened. Uh, as it does, as it yeah, does. As it does in Star Wars, where she was forced to kill her girlfriend. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, And then she kind of had to go on the run because her brother kind of betrayed her, didn't think didn't think the force was real because during this time nobody has any idea and he was like yeah. you either you either turn yourself in for killing her or i'll turn you in Ooh, yeah so she just kind of ran away and left her life behind after that and yeah. then the very main like the main game to which she had her first debut is kind of like three months after that where she's trying to find out mm-hmm. who put a bounty on her because she doesn't really exactly understand what happened because yeah they don't know what the force is Mm-hmm. And that kind of just brought us to when she was created. I think that's the shortest, the easiest time I've had explaining her backstory without getting too deep into it. <laughs> that I really like that y'all have that in in your time playing Vex that you have you have not only like the main canon of the campaigns you all that you all also took the time to go back and do prequels. <laughs> yes. It's a very very Star Wars esque thing because we have it our is. main stuff and then we go back in time like how did we do this? Mhm. It's very good though. So if anything, I'm more on brand than other people. Mhm. Mhm. So, I guess this kind of brings us to where the main campaign with Vex started. Is that fair to say? Yes. Okay, so uh, what was like the big inciting event that brought the main campaign's party together? Um, everyone kind of went, I don't, I'm pretty sure it's a canon planet, but no, it's not really talked about in Star Wars. Everyone kind of met on this planet because they had certain things that they needed to do there because that's what the DM does. They bring you all to one planet. Yeah. Um, what was that called, if you remember? If not, that's it, okay. It was called Raxus. Okay. I, that sounds Star Wars enough that I believe it's a Star Wars planet. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure it is a planet, but I don't think it's like, it's not really very well explained. It's just kind of like, here's a planet. Yeah, the, the article on the Star Wars wiki for it is a stub. <laughs> yes, it's very, very short. So I could kind of make up my own things <laughs> about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was there because she now has a bounty on her head because she is the one who killed, uh, some people and she has uh, a bounty on her head, but it's Mm -hmm. not, it wasn't, the bounty kind of wasn't, I'm trying to like think of the way to put it. The bounty wasn't like very, um, word for word exactly. No, not high. It was just, the bounty was for something that she didn't do so it should have been she murdered somebody but it was a very low bounty of like oh well we just need to bring her in like this person is wanted uh is wanted for a possible connection to x crime on y planet yeah it was kind of just like let's say you murdered somebody but the bounty is out for you stole something okay which was weird because she was like that's not what i did so yeah so she was trying to find out, like, who put the bounty on her and why people are after her. Uh, so that was her reason for being there. And then other characters were there for other reasons. Mm-hmm. So um, pretty much everyone had to go to this one location where we went to go and talk to a uh, a hut. I'm trying to remember yeah. his name, but I can't. <laughs> Pizza. Pizza Hut. Oh my god, that's amazing. I've never heard that joke before in my life. Thanks, I got it from Spaceballs. Oh, that's awesome. Actually, hold on. I can... I actually... What I did is I planned on, like, turning our campaign into, like, a very easily read story for, like, the other people who are in her backstory campaign who don't... who don't know what's going on so they could, like, read it and, like, understand in, like, a novel format. Nice! Yes, I have not touched it in a very long while, but I love it so much. That's okay. I I can very much so relate to that because I I this will not surprise anyone who's listening to this show or who knows me. I am in almost every tabletop group that I'm in. I am the note taker and I currently have like an ongoing like in-game day-by-day list of what my my party has been up to generally at any given time. 
Yeah, see, the bad thing is, like, I like to put things in story form because I am a writer, but I'm also not a mm-hmm. note taker, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His name was Otho, Otho the Hut. Okay, okay. Otho, got it. Yes. So they all pretty much had to go to this one hut to kind of get the things that they needed or be around that certain place. Mm-hmm. Where Whereas Otho was just like, oh, well, I need you guys to deliver this shipment of, I think it was supposed to be like drugs or something. Spice. Yeah. Yes. Excuse me. Spice. I think that is. No, I think it was death sticks. It was supposed to be death sticks. Ah, cigarettes. Yes. Because yes. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to take a short like caveat here into star wars like history but like the whole death sticks thing happened i think in attack of the clones which came out in the early in the early to mid aughts and i have to imagine that they specifically put the death sticks in their thing because they because some kind of anti-smoking lobby paid someone at Star Wars a lot of money to get a reference to cigarettes and the main character telling someone not to smoke into the movie. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't either. I'm trying to think of like whenever they stopped showing like cigarette commercials. I'm I'm pretty sure it was like way before that, but I I feel like it was maybe even like it was probably around like the somewhere between the nineties and like two thousand and five. Yeah, so maybe it was kind of like that, where it was just like, oh, everyone's kind of on this no smoking bandwagon, so they just threw it in there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. PSA: Don't smoke, kids. <laughs> Please don't smoke. It's bad for you. It'll kill it's you. It's terror. It's terrible. But anyway. yeah, they were, sp- they were supposed to deliver a shipment of death sticks and they all con- mm-hmm. they all agreed. They're just like, yeah, sure. Okay. This sounds fine. Well, they didn't all, they weren't all happy about it, but it was whatever. Yeah. Um. So they planned on going and delivering this stuff in a very crappy uh, spaceship, mind you. It was very, very small and it was a piece of crap. Yeah, of course, as they usually are. <laughs> yeah. So um, along the way... Um, the real owner of the ship was, like, hidden in, like, the ducks or something and kind of, like, knocked out two of our characters. Oh, no. Yeah. It was, um, one of them was, um, a person who played in the first time that, like, our first little session and then never showed up for any other sessions. So it was kind of, like, a way to get rid of him. Oh, okay. Um, And then the other person wasn't there. So it was kind of just like, oh, here's a convenient reason why they're not going to be playing yeah. And we soon discovered that it was not death sticks that we were transporting, but rather lots and lots of Imperial weapons. Oh, I it occurred to me that we never established what time frame the main game was taking place in. I would like to tell you. I really would. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the fact that you said Imperial weapons means that it has to be happening either... Some sometime between this between the prequel trilogy and the sequel trilogy, so probably a span of like forty or fifty years. As far as I know, um, because I like to go to in, uh to Susie, my friend, for information because she yes. knows more than I do. Um, <laughs> Susie, friend of the podcast, <laughs> yes. Um, I believe she said that this is a time where the empire isn't really that big, but it's kind of getting there. And there's rebels. That's all I know. Okay, so probably a probably like right before the first movie, if I had to guess. Your guess is better than mine. If you want, <laughs> I can text Susie. And be like, hey, Susie. Um, honestly, it it makes a difference to me. I think that we have framed it well enough for the purposes of this episode. There we go. We got it. We got it in one, folks. We did it! (laughs) (laughs) So, Imperial weapons. Yes, we discovered that they were actually Imperial weapons. And the reason that we discovered that was because um, an Inquisitor got us on, like, Videocom. And Mm -hmm. she was talking to us and saying that we needed to return the stuff. And that Otho had betrayed her. So we kind of watched as she force-choked him to death. Oh my. Yeah. And then an Imperial 
I don't know, some kind of ship came and we had to very, very quickly run away in this very crappy ship where we crash landed onto like a spaceport. Okay, okay. And not to like, like talk word for word on what happened, but the spaceport was under attack. There was some rebels there. And then there was also, um, some, what are they called? They're they're little spiders. Um, they're like robot spiders with brain, with brains in their chassis. Yeah, I think I know, I think I know the droid you're talking about, yeah. Bomar, they're called Bomar spiders. Okay. Yes. Um, I believe their background is, like, they were some kind of, like, monks who wanted to continue to get information throughout their lives but you know they have very short lifespans so they put their consciousness inside of like droid spider um bodies i mean it sounds like star wars that does sound like a star war (laughs) that that's just gonna be like our little tagline sounds like a star war that's a star war to me (laughs) So they had actually taken over this station and were, for some reason, killing uh, everyone or taking them prisoner and trying to put their brains in other droids. Oh, no. Yeah. So we kind of just, like, liberated that station, uh, lost someone along the way who was one of our characters who, he was the one that dipped after the first session. Yeah. And then we gained one of my other friends. (laughs) Yeah. And then we saved the station and then we were off. (laughs) Nice. Yes, we had become heroes. And Vex had learned along the way um, exactly who had put the bounty on her. Pretty sure he's not an actual Star Wars man, but it was just like some very high class businessman who owned his own planet. And she was like, oh, man. Of course. (laughs) Of course. So they kind of like just got off that planet and there was a little time skip where, you know, they'd been doing jobs for the rebels because they escaped with the rebels. Mm-hmm. And uh, Vex just kind of learned how much she didn't like being a hero. Aw. Yeah, because she was like, why do I have to follow rules? Why can't I just do things my own way? Because, you know, she's selfish. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that she didn't necessarily enjoy being... Was it that she didn't necessarily enjoy, like, being told what to do? Or was it that she just was genuinely not, like, a philanthropic person? Like, she wasn't out to, like, help others kind of a thing. It was kind of like she wasn't out there to help others, but she was kind of forced into this whole thing because they still have the Empire on their trails. They didn't get rid of the Inquisitor that was after them. So Mm -hmm. they were kind of stuck with their best group, which was the rebels that they were going around with. Yeah. So it was kind of just like, you either follow our rules or you are on the run from a very mean and powerful Inquisitor. Yeah. And it sometimes it's better to, you know, hang out with the rebels that you're not necessarily aligned with, but who are willing to, you know, keep you or at least help keep you safe from the even more highly trained uh operative than you yourself are yes it also helped that vex like was totally down was dtf with the like commanding officer so okay so um that that brings me to a question that i was gonna ask that occurred to me um a couple minutes ago which is um was this commanding officer then like vex's like her main love interest or did she have more kind of like romance throughout the campaign um, she was most of the time her main, like, love interest, but while they were on the station, she was, like, heavily flirting with one of the people that they were, um, like, running around with to help free the station. So it was kind of like, I wouldn't say a love triangle, because, like, the, the two first ones never really got together. It was more along the lines of flirting and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, like, the commanding officer, his name was Miranda uh, was like her main love interest. Yeah. Good. And she loved her very much. Yes. I am. I am very glad to hear that Vex was uh, was still able to find, you know, love and romantic fulfillment and happiness in and among all of the general mayhem that is anything relating to Star Wars. 
Oh, yeah. It totally didn't go downhill. Not at all. Jackie. Jackie. (laughs) I don't like the way you phrased that, Jackie. It wasn't my fault. You can trust me on that. That was all the DM. Oh, no. Do you? Would would you like to talk about what happened? If not, we cannot. Yeah, we can talk about it. It was just, we had like a couple more arcs after where we helped the station out, which we like to call Burger Station because it looked like a hamburger. Nice. (laughs) Um, We had like a couple after that where it was kind of getting very serious where we faced like Vex's bad guy who put the bounty on her and then we also faced the Inquisitor and Mm -hmm. then we also faced our dead friend who they had turned into a Sith okay yeah because they had taken his body and uh, they had used their Darth Sith magic to kind of bring him back to life to be their puppet yeah yeah so we had to face not only the Inquisitor but then we had to face him And then we also had to face a very scary monster of the Grand Inquisitor. Yeah. Which was terrifying because, you know, Uh, we're all just having our good time. And then we see this complete monster. Yeah. Who we are not ready for. I came here to have a good time and I'm feeling so attacked right now. Yes. Like we are on a very good high of where we had like, we had freed some slaves on our Mm -hmm. mission to like kill the inquisitor and get information and stuff like that. So we were, you know, running away. There was a space battle. Everything was kind of going okay. And our two force sensitive characters had killed our, uh, our like friend who was turned to the dark side. And they're just like, yeah, okay, cool. We got this. And then the grand inquisitor showed up and wrecked all of our stuff. Yes. (laughs) Because he, um, Grand Inquisitors are very bad and very mean and yes. very powerful. Yes. I I know not an awful lot about the whole Inquisitor thing in Star Wars, but even I know that they're, they're not great. No, they're not at all. And um, after, since they had, like, my two Force-sensitive friends, since they had used most of, like, all of their kind of, like, moves... They had pretty much Mm -hmm. used most of their stuff against the other Inquisitor that we had, our friend. Um, Mm -hmm. Whenever this guy came, they were not prepared. They could not do anything about it. And he actually kidnapped one of them and left the other one to die. Oh, no. Yes. And then uh, our spaceship, the ship that we were on, crashed. And we all had to, like, get onto an escape pod in which the first uh, girl that Vex had been interested in, her name was Weeduck, uh, did not make it. Oh, no. Yeah, so that that was sad. But then just as we were kind of like closing up like this arc, there was a lot of fighting going on between Miranda and Vex, where, you know, mm-hmm. Vex is just not used to being in very personal relationships. So she didn't really know how to handle it and yeah. was making bad things left and right. Yikes. And then, yeah, in the end, uh, the DM decided that they could not have a happily ever after, even though... <laughs> I wanted it. Hmm. Yeah. It was sad because I'm like, what do you mean they can't have a happily ever after? And he was like, no, she has other things to do. And I'm like, okay. I mean, the, your DM might have said that, but we've already had one of your fellow player characters come back to life as a, as a Sith zombie. There is no, there is no dead end in Star Wars. <laughs> that's, that's true. It was more along the lines of, um... Our DM, she needed her for, like, future stuff that we were going to play, and mm-hmm. we couldn't have the background in which I wanted, so it was more along the lines of, like, yeah, you guys are breaking up because I need her for later. I I hope that that did not necessarily preclude, like, Vex and Miranda getting together, like, once all of the campaign shenanigans are taken care of. Unless Miranda died. <laughs> No, she didn't die. She was just, she was supposed to become a more important person because I think she became a counselor after the Rebels won. Because they had like a battle that, we didn't play the battle, but they finished Mm -hmm. off a really big battle and then I think she became a counselor after that. Okay. Or that's what was supposed to happen. Yeah. So yeah, they didn't, they didn't get there happily ever after. (laughs) Aww. Well... 
would before we like get back to other stuff like directly relating to what what you accomplished and did as vex would you like to like blue sky of like what would happen if miranda and vex had ended up together i think what my plan had been was they would kind of like it was all very selfish of vex because she kind of wanted to like run away and maybe go to mandalore so this was before the whole planet um was effed um yeah that's what i've heard help her train because she was mandalorian help her train over there and like they would kind of just like continue on with vex's normal mercenary life yeah so it was like i said very selfish for vex because they would just be doing whatever she wanted to do not whatever miranda wanted to do Mm -hmm. because vex is selfish yeah and that's okay yeah um (laughs) did was there any stuff that you wanted to cover about like other things that happened in the campaign before we like kind of get more into i guess vex as a character um the only thing that i usually brag about whenever it comes to vex is their like big final battle with the grand inquisitor where mm-hmm. they like the characters had you know finally leveled up and they'd gotten like most of their uh, uh i want like their cool things they all got like their cool moves and they got their cool weapons and everyone had like their buffs and stuff yeah whenever they were battling the grand inquisitor we had our two force sensitive people um kind of like physically fighting him like with their lightsabers and stuff yeah Mm-hmm. And then we had Vex kind of up in um, this kind of, like, watching room so she could snipe him and use, like, all of her good sniping skills because that's what she's good at. Yeah, yeah. And when it comes to the way that Star Wars is played, um, kind of like in D&D, whenever you roll your natural 20s, you get, like, mm-hmm. these, um, you can crit on your weapons. But the crit doesn't usually, it doesn't go towards damage. It it goes toward a crit table. Okay, so, okay. So however many let's say you crit and then your crit is like 30 but you add certain things onto it to kind of up it so you look mm-hmm. at your it's more than a d1 like it's more than a d100 i think it's like a a thing of 160 because it's all based oh, on wow. your ups and stuff because that's as much as you can get i think you can get to 160 and yeah. vex actually ended up critting like that like i think five times oh my gosh i yeah, so love that <laughs> So there was a lot of different things that happened. Like, I think she critted on his arm so he couldn't use that arm. So that was less of the force that he could use. And then at one point, I think she blinded him. Like he could not, he could no longer see. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it was just like a lot of things that kind of helped reduce the kind of damage that he was going to do to the people that were down below because, Mm -hmm. you know, he's very super force sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. So they were... Yeah, they were thankfully able to. They were thankfully able to kill him before the whole place blew up, and they got they had to run away. They're just like go 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 go. Yeah. Good. So, um, you you mentioned at the beginning of the recording that like Vex has kind of been in other campaigns and stuff. So, like, was was that battle with the Grand Inquisitor kind of like the ending of her main campaign? Um, that was, it's, I would say that's the one that we played the most. So I would say like, that's her main beginning kind of stuff. I don't, it's hard to explain because the way that we did it, it's kind of like, like, again, it's, we did it how Star Wars works. Whereas yeah. the the campaign that we're currently playing that we haven't played in a very long time is, I want to say three years in the future. Okay. Okay. Three, I, I don't know, it's it's some years in the future where Vex has kind of, like, disappeared from the map and then reappeared mm-hmm. later to, like, show that she has kind of, like, her own mercenary band going on. Yeah. And she is, unfortunately, put face-to-face with uh, the people from her past. So our campaign that we use to bring more of our friends into Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of, like, forced to relive her past. She's forced to see her brother who betrayed her by saying that he would send her to jail or get the people yeah. to come pick her up. And yeah. she's forced to see her old teammates again, even though she would rather not. 
Yeah. She got forced to go to the high school reunion. Yes. Because they all ended up on um, the wheel, which in Star Wars is kind of just like the Vegas of space. Yeah. Where to like get there, you have to be like either invited or you have to be rich enough to be there or to work huh. there. Yeah. Huh. I th- we we had tried to go to the wheel in a in a different campaign with different characters that yeah. Susie was running, but uh, it never happened because we're very bad players and we kind of just off railed her a lot. And she's like, "We're never going to the wheel." So I think she decided that that's where we would all meet, so she could finally use her stuff for the wheel. Yeah, that's valid. I could, I could, yeah. I think I could see Susie doing that. Yes. So that's kind of like where she was forced to meet. Uh, her friends again and then she came in contact with i think the last son of the man who put a bounty on her Mm -hmm. so she's kind of very involved by last by last do you mean youngest or last is an only remaining the only remaining because they had killed the other two i believe okay yes so vex is kind of just like very gung-ho about finishing off this family i'm Given that this family clearly has it out for her, I can't necessarily say that I blame her intentions. It's more like they, it was only the father that I think had something against her or like the older brother or something like that. But it's more along the lines that they are very bad people. So she kind of justifies it as, yeah, I'm going to kill them because they're bad people, but also because they wronged me. Okay. So um, that actually brings me to um, maybe, maybe a longer question that that occurred to me, which is since you've already mentioned a couple of times that Vex is a, is definitely a selfish character. Um, how did you, when you were actively playing as her balance, the kind of the, the selfishness, you know, the self prioritizing and also probably the desire to make money. If I had to guess, um, how did you balance that with like the more altruistic heroic actions that, I'm assuming were probably necessitated by the rest of the party members' peer pressure, if nothing else. I think it was more along the lines, like, I think there was more, not bad, but very self-centered people than there was good people. Um, or, you know, their interests were aligned with what um, being a hero would be about. So mm-hmm. you had, like, your good character who was Susie's character, because she's usually most of the time a good person. <laughs> Hashtag relatable. <laughs> Yes, even though she was working for the Black Sun, she was still, like, the most reasonable person in our group, Mm -hmm. as she is most of the time. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we had our other character who would kind of go along with what she was saying sometimes. And then Mm -hmm. you had me and another character uh, who were just the chaotic morons who were just like, no, we're going to do it this way. And they're like, no, 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 you can't do that. Yeah. And it's like, too late, I already did. Yes. So it was more along the lines of... Uh, you know, do we want to make it more difficult or do we just want to kind of like get this over and done with? Mm -hmm. Um, Then sometimes, you know, Vex would want to feel like a hero depending on how people would see her. It was more, it wasn't just, you know, she's doing good to do good. It's, she was doing good to get to her goal Mm -hmm. and, and people could see her as a good person if they wanted, but she wasn't. Yeah. Interesting. So it's about as good as a bad person can be. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like when you say bad person, you're specifically saying that in the sense of, like, someone who is not, like, inherently altruistic and focused on helping people. Yeah. I would you, say... You don't like mean a... bad in the sense of, like, doing doing heinous acts. No, <laughs> Aside no. from, you know, the, the whole assassin thing. <laughs> Yeah, the, I mean, she, it wasn't just like she was an assassin for hot, well, I guess she was technically because she was a mercenary, mm-hmm. but it's not like she was killing people out of bad blood. I, I don't, she was just very self-interested and she was kind of like the muscle. So mm-hmm. she was just kind of there to do the tank work and shoot yeah. people. Like she wasn't, she wouldn't go out of her way to go and kill somebody just because she could yeah it was more along lines like this is her job uh, and this is what she had to do to finish her job yeah 
and she probably became a better person the, f- the more she was hanging out with these people. But, you know, yeah. she would never the, admit that. The older she got, the more life experience she gained. <laughs> yes. She was still selfish, but whenever she started to get her, like, little mercenary group going, that was, like, her family. And they meant just as much to her as she did to herself. Mm-hmm. So she was very protective of them. Good. I'm... I I don't think that we've actually like mentioned who the other player who the other people in this party were aside from you know two of them are force sensitive and two of them kind of disappeared at the beginning because their players stopped coming. So real quick, do you want to kind of run down like who her main adventuring party was? Yeah, um the main ones so we had first we had Susie's character who was one of the force sensitive ones. Um mm-hmm. she was um, her character was more along the lines of she was not, I wouldn't say her um, her greatest strength was force. It was more along the lines of she was kind of like a spy and she just happened mm-hmm. to learn that she was force sensitive. Yeah. Um, and her, her character's name was Kai. And then we had yeah. the other force sensitive character whose name was Ray. <laughs> nice, nice. And this, uh, yeah. And this was already after, you know, Ray was an actual person, I believe. I, I'm pretty sure. I don't. Hey, the, they 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 might they might have copyrighted the name. Actually, no, I don't know if Star Wars is allowed to legally copy the name Ray, but you know they yeah. just because they the main character, just because the main character, and I will fight you on this, everyone. Ray is the main character of the sequel tree of the sequel trilogy. Um, just because the main character is named Ray does not put a kibosh on anyone else in this universe being named Ray. Yes. Absolutely. You don't get to own a name. Not ever. There's a huge galaxy. I'm sure there's more than 12 rays. Yeah. Somewhere there's at least one other Luke Skywalker. Yes. <laughs> and he gets very confused whenever people are just like, I'm going to kill you. And he's like, what do you mean? <laughs> oh, no, I want to read that. I want to read the adventures of Luke Skywalker, <laughs> who's not the famous farm boy. <laughs> yes. He's just like an older man that's like living on some planet. And he's just like, I'm just trying to live, man. Yep. But we had a, that was his character who was, um, I believe she was from, I can't remember the race's name, but it's a race of what, someone who looks like a human, but they have no eyes and they see through the force. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I know the, I know the race you're talking about because Alan played one in an Empire game that I was in with him. Yeah, so, so I know I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, that's what she was, and she was from the planet that most of them are are from. But um, she had mm-hmm. a very bad drinking problem. Uh, so oh she no! Was, yeah, so she was banished from the planet. Uh, that I think was just like the really quick uh, reason that you know there. Oh, it was a Miraluka. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, that sounds about right. Yeah, that was just like kind of the quick reason as to why she was not on her planet anymore. Mm-hmm. Um. Then um, our our character who was quickly killed, uh, his name was <laughs> his name was Dan. Oh no! <laughs> and Rip uh, Dan. Ki- yeah, um, his name was Dan because he was um, a C- Syrian. It's the ones that are coneheads, and okay, they named him Dan after some kind of character, and I can't remember his last name. And it was like the joke for the longest time. Yeah. Dan Dan Aykroyd. Okay, okay. Um, so we so he was Dan. Um, yeah. And that was the one that was just like, yeah, he was gone very quickly. And another one of our kind of like in and out characters was an Ewok named uh, this is bad that I can't remember these freaking characters. Um Stu John. Stu John? Yes. Uh, oh, God bless. Yeah, our friend named him Stu John because there was a planet that uh, Star Wars had named after John Stewart. So he did like the backwards one of Stu John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can tell how uh, serious they were about their characters. I mean, look, sometimes, <laughs> so sometimes you name a character Stu John, and then maybe they disappear. But also sometimes you name a character Taco and then they end up having a lot of emotional depth. Yeah. (laughs) I wish I could say Stu John had a lot of emotional depth, but he was really stupid and he brought a lot of comedy uh, to this campaign. 
Yeah. Because most of the time he was high off his butt on Spice. Mm. And <laughs> it, it was honestly hilarious. Like, one of the... Like, the main missions that we were going to was a party in, like, this tower, this business tower. And yeah. we were trying to figure out a way to get in there. And we had red robes to kind of, like, try and blend into the party. But mm-hmm. we needed someone to escort. So what he decided to do was take a shoe from the trash and put it on his head and say that he was the ambassador of Ewok. <laughs> and? Yeah, it worked uh, for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh until, you know, the Inquisitor showed up, but it was fine. It was hilarious, and... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was he was the comedy, yeah. so... That's I, a Star Wars baby. Yeah. <laughs> he would say baby a lot, too. He was... <laughs> God, I wish you could listen to some of the stuff that he had said. Yeah. Oh, it was great. Oh, I never mentioned, but um, I did record all of this. Yeah. When I was trying to be a podcaster... But um, with my job, editing does not work, so it never happened. <laughs> yeah, because your job is uh, ridiculously busy. So I have lots and lots. I want to say probably like 30, I have like 36 hours of just like raw audio for that one campaign. Wow. Yeah. And then the last character uh, was a Gran. His name was Didac. And he was the very, very most chaotic person in there because he was a smuggler. And when I say he only cared about himself, that's what I'm talking about. He was just like, I only care about myself. If this is going to kill us, I'm going to run away. But uh, he stuck with us for a little bit. But during our last arc of the campaign, we were kind of like in some kind of, I want to say dreamscape because that's the only way I can get into it without going super into the backstory. But he was mm-hmm. in like a dreamscape with Ray, and they were battling some super hardcore uh, Jedi, and he died. So he was not oh, there no. for the final battle. Yeah. So yeah, he ended up dying. Uh, he that he is, still came around that is for like very unfortunate. <laughs> he can't. He was still like there whenever we did like our eight hour like last section just to like finish mm-hmm. it off. And, like, there's, like, an end credit of him as, like, a force ghost, even though he didn't have the force. And he's, he was, uh, (laughs) he was, like, mostly robot. Like, he was, uh, like, almost a cyborg because he had, like, two robot arms and, like, one robot leg. And he's, like, waving to us as, like, a full grand. He's like, I got my arms and legs back. (laughs) And that's how, like, that was, like, our send-off as, like, the end of the campaign. Aw. Yeah. That's, that's fun. Yeah, those were all the characters. Aw. So second to final question is, what is either the most fun or the most awesome thing that you did while playing as Vex? Mm, Let's see. There's a lot of stuff. Like, besides doing all of those, like, crits on the grand inquisitor um Mm -hmm. which is very epic yes very epic it was a very awesome cool like ending to that arc um Mm -hmm. there's vex and kai had also been in like their own little dreamscape as well yeah yeah and they actually were like kind of thrown into like the swamp area in which there was a bunch of like the yodo species there Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um the child yes the child there was actually a child and vex like in the very beginning is like i don't trust this kid no he was just like <laughs> running around and kai's like no he's fine and then we come across like this village that's being almost pillaged by like these humans and we kind of just like intimidated them enough to where we didn't have to kill them but they told us what was going on and it turns out that the humans were actually the good people and that the child was a very very strong force sensitive person with force lightning that was trying to kill everybody the child yes the child how could he so uh vex just very quickly uh kind of had to put everyone down and she was like kai i told you not to trust the kid and this is what happens and kai's like shut up yeah I think, yeah, that was just, like, her most badass moment, just because, like, she was putting down people left and right, because she was, she had so many dice, she had finally maxed out all of her, like, heavy, um, heavy range 
training, so she was mm-hmm. a total BA. Yeah. And it just felt good, man. <laughs> I I know that feeling very well. Like when when things start when the dice roll right, it it is it is phenomenal. You feel so powerful. Yes. It's so great whenever that happens. Like I don't I know, right? Like I don't know if Vex had like a very high body count, but whenever I don't know if I said this in Iliad's episode, but wherever he almost single-handedly killed a beholder. Wow, yeah. I I feel like that might have come up, but I can't remember, but yeah, those powerful moments are like great with characters because you just like you feel so oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. especially like when you're higher level because just like you finally like see all of your experience pay off oh gosh yes which is why it's always great in rpgs like whether they be like tabletop or like video games where you just do all the side quests mm-hmm. you get experience and then you come back to the boss and you kick their butt yeah Okay, so I guess that brings us um, to, is there anything that you want to talk about with Vex that we haven't already covered? Um, Miranda, please come back to Vex. She misses you. Uh, <laughs> write your own fanfic. Do it. I know, right? I gotta write a fanfic. You can't take her away from me. Um, <laughs> I just... I kind of hope that in whenever we finally get back to playing with these characters again with like her past demons, I want to call them, um, mm-hmm. and like her new family, I hope that, you know, she's able to succeed and not lose anybody because I feel like if she loses one more person, it's going to be like the last straw and she's going to go mental. Yeah. So for, for once in my life, I want someone to have a happy ending. <laughs> you know what? I'll take it. Please. Finally, let me retire her with a happy ending. Given what you enjoy writing and also reading and also consuming, I'll t- I will take you wanting a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> Just once. Jackie once, likes please. angst. <laughs> I do. It's so good. But please not for Vex. She's already been through so much. Yeah. Okay, so then uh your final question, Jackie, is why do you love Vex so much? I love Vex and playing Vex because it kind of gives me freedoms to do stuff that you know I wouldn't do as a normal person like I'm not super selfish so obviously if I was put in her position I would do things differently but playing kind of like outside of your own character is Mm -hmm. like kind of like really freeing so you know if your character is going to be selfish do it if your character is going to be stupid do something stupid Uh, it's just she's a nice way to just kind of like let things go and like play things how you wouldn't usually play them and then see the results and kind of have to live with the consequences of being that person Mm -hmm. and also she's a badass so why wouldn't i love her yeah that's that is definitely very fair she's coming for you star wars (laughs) no please the I'm I am hoping that this changes in the future, but so far the uh, the trend in Star Wars up until very recently was not necessarily to encourage uh, competent uh, people who don't identify as male to be the main characters. So I think that's changing. Let's hope it is. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know if you know this, but um, Vex will not take anything lower than being at least. Um, like a, a second main character. It's not not gonna yeah. work. She's not gonna be a background character. Sh- mm-hmm. In in the TV show adapted from this campaign, she has to be in the intro crawl. Yes. Oh my god. She has to make opening credits. I wish I had my notebook because while I was trying to write like this in like a novel form, me and mm-hmm. Susie actually came up with like different actors and actresses that would play our characters if this was to be a movie. Oh gosh, you need to send that to me once you're able to like get to that notebook. Yes, it's at home and I cannot wait. Like it's, I have to think about where the notebook is. It's probably in my drawer, but like, yeah, it's got like everyone who would be the character. It's yeah. great. Okay, so um, I guess... <laughs> This is an awkward way to end it, but thank you so much for being on the show, Jackie. I I truly appreciate it, and I enjoyed getting to hear about facts. I'm so glad that I could teach you everything that you ever need to know about Star Wars. There's nothing else you need to know. I have been enlightened. Okay, so 
Uh, again, thank you for being on the show. Um, where would you like to be found on the internet? Do you have anything that you want to promote? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Jackie Moreau. Um, that's really the only place you can find me. I don't do much. Uh, sometimes I make dolls. I made a doll of X. So I yeah. can share that with the podcast whenever this episode comes out. Yeah, please do. As well do. as her art. Um, I mean, the only things I can promote are the things about my friends. So, uh, we've got... <laughs> <laughs> we've got Shannon who has an awesome comic called Dragon Sanctuary that you guys should all read because it's very good. DragonSanctuaryComic.com. Yes. And you can also go and listen to one of my favorite podcasts, Gem Jammer, uh, which is awesome. My friends are on it and it's really good. Mm-hmm. Our fr- our friends are on it, Jackie. <laughs> listen here, okay, lady. <laughs> yes, they're our friends. Our friends are on it, and you should go listen to it because it's very good. And uh, I think they're finally back on track. <laughs> they're no longer in their spooky episode. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, that's all I have to promote is me and my friends and stuff. And then I would oh, promote Wayward, but here we are. Yeah, we're on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Please listen to this podcast that you're listening to right now. <laughs> I do appreciate that, though. The Home for Your Widow Seas is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. It can be found on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Acast, Stitcher, and hopefully your local podcaster of choice. If I'm not there, let me know and I'll work on getting there. Our theme song is Violet by Poddington Bear, courtesy of the Free Music Archives. New episodes come out on the second and fourth Mondays of the month. If you would like to get in touch with us, we can be found on Twitter at WaywardOCPod or through the WaywardOCPod hashtag. You can also email us at waywardocpod at gmail.com. And I do have at least the next couple of episodes planned out. Uh, So if you are interested in being on the show, feel free to send me a message at any of the official Wayward accounts and we can discuss you being on the show. Um, I might be putting out a call for guests sometime, sometime maybe in June or July. Haven't decided yet, Uh, but Keep an eye on the Wayward Twitter for if that uh, if that call for guests ever goes live. And, of course, this is a podcast, and it is always incredibly helpful if you can rate and review us on your listening platform of choice. Um, especially if you can uh, leave a review on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, if I, I don't think I've gotten any new reviews recently, but if I get one, I will read it on the air in, within the next three episodes from this one. <laughs> That's a guarantee. Um, but of course, uh, on top of all that, it's always helpful to, you know, subscribe and rate and review and also recommend us to a friend because that helps us to find a wider audience and to brighten more people's days. So thank you all for listening. This has been the Home for Wayward OCs, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. May the force be with you. And with your spirit. (laughs) And also with you. No, that's outdated. We say and with your spirit now. (laughs) Like, can can we talk, can we take a second and talk about how weird it is that in Star Wars, no one has, they don't have a response to may the force be with you. Yeah, it's kind of just like may the force be with you and then you leave. Yeah, yeah. People say like, like Han, Han turns to Leia and says, may the force be with you. And she's like, okay, cool. Bye. You just turn it on Han and just be like, yeah, I know. Not that that makes sense, but. Yeah. It should just be like a bunch of ridiculous things. Yeah. Luke turns to someone and says, may the force be with you. And they just do like the. Yeah. They just do the teeth suck. <laughs> no, I, I. Oh, gosh. Now I need to draw someone saying like, may the force be with you. And then the other person just like dab. <laughs> they dab and then walk away. Yes. And then Luke's just standing there like, what? Oh, that's good. We're modernizing it, people. I might actually have to draw that now. (laughs) Yes. This probably isn't really worth noting, but during my final radiation tests of the day, I saw a blip out in the opposite direction of Ra. 
It's a bright light with the pinpoint clarity of a star, but obviously it's not a star since it wasn't there yesterday. Or even a few hours ago. Also, it's moving. Charlotte's taking this new development with all the grace of a garbage fire. She barged in on her hydraulic arm while I was checking Ra's radiation emissions earlier and started reciting the entire Caldwell Enterprises emergency preparedness manual to me from start to finish. I took that to mean that she thinks the incoming light is a matter of some concern. I told her to be more optimistic, that it might not be coming directly toward us, that it could simply be a mirage, that she technically doesn't have a death to fear, but she just started reciting the manual all over again from the beginning. So I wedged a fallen tree branch up into the hydraulic tracks to block her from exiting the glass house. Season one of Girl in Space launches September 18th, 2017, with a new episode every two weeks. Subscribe using your favorite podcast app or stream episodes at girlinspacepodcast.com. It's all here in space.